Part Four of The Defenders by Philip K. Dick. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Part Four. Moss touched him on the arm. An A-class leady was coming from the building toward them. We've seen enough, Frank said, raising his voice. All this is very serious. It must be reported below in a study made to determine our policy. The leady said nothing. Franks waved to the soldiers. Let's go. He started toward the warehouse. Most of the soldiers had removed their helmets. Some of them had taken their lead suits off, too, and were relaxing comfortably in their cotton uniforms. They stared around them, down the hillside at the trees and bushes, the vast expanse of green, the mountains and the sky. Look at the sun, one of them murmured. It sure is bright as hell, another said. We're going back down, Frank said. Fall in by twos and follow us. Reluctantly, the soldiers regrouped. The leadys watched without emotion as the men marched slowly back toward the warehouse. Franks and Moss and Taylor led them across the ground, glancing alertly at the leadys as they walked. They entered the warehouse. D-class leadys were loading material and weapons on surface carts. Cranes and derricks were working busily everywhere. Work was done with efficiency, but without hurry or excitement. The men stopped watching. Leadys operating the little carts moved past them, signaling silently to each other. Guns and parts were being hoisted by magnetic cranes and lowered gently onto waiting carts. Come on, Franks said. He turned toward the lip of the tube. A row of D-class leadys were standing in front of it, immobile and silent. Frank stopped, moving back. He looked around. An A-class leady was coming toward him. Tell them to get out the way, Frank said. He touched his gun. You had better move them. Time passed, an endless moment without measure. The men stood nervous and alert, watching the row of leadys in front of them. As you wish, the A-class leady said. It signaled, and the D-class leadys moved into life. They stepped slowly aside. Moss breathed a sigh of relief. I'm glad that's over, he said to Franks. Look at them all. Why don't they try to stop us? They must know what we're going to do. Franks laughed. Stop us? <laughs> you saw what happened when they tried to stop us before. They can't. They're only machines. We built them so they can't lay hands on us, and they know that. His voice trailed off. The men stared at the tube entrance. Around them the leadys watched, silent and impassive, their metal faces expressionless. For a long time the men stood without moving. At last Taylor turned away. Good God, he said. He was numb without feeling of any kind. The tube was gone. It was sealed shut, fused over. Only a dull surface of cooling metal greeted them. The tube had been closed. Franks turned, his face pale and vacant. The A-class leady shifted. As you can see, the tube has been shut. We were prepared for this. As soon as all of you were on the surface, the order was given. If you had gone back when we asked you, you would now be safely down below. We had to work quickly because it was such an immense operation. But why? Moss demanded angrily. 
because it is unthinkable that you should be allowed to resume the war with all the tubes sealed it may be many months before forces from below can reach the surface let alone organize a military program by that time the cycle will have entered its last stages you will not be so perturbed to find your world intact we had hoped that you would be under surface when the sealing occurred your presence here is a nuisance when the soviets broke through we were able to accomplish their sealing without the soviets they broke through several months ago they came up unexpectedly to see why the war had not been won we were forced to act with speed at this moment they are desperately attempting to cut new tubes to the surface to resume the war we have however been able to seal each new one as it appears the leady regarded the three men calmly we're cut off moss said trembling we can't get back what'll we do how did you manage to seal the tube so quickly franks asked the leady we've been up here only two hours bombs are placed just above the first stage of each tube for such emergencies they are heat bombs they fuse lead and rock gripping the handle of his gun franks turned to moss and taylor what do you say we can't go back but we can do a lot of damage the fifteen of us we have bender guns how about it he looked around the soldiers had wandered away again, back toward the exit of the building. They were standing outside, looking at the valley and the sky. A few of them were carefully climbing down the slope. "'Would you care to turn over your suits and guns?' the A-class leady asked politely. "'The suits are uncomfortable, and you'll have no need for weapons. The Russians have given up theirs, as you can see.' fingers tensed on triggers four men in russian uniforms were coming toward them from an aircraft that they suddenly realized had landed silently some distance away let them have it frank shouted they are unarmed said the leady we brought them here so you could begin peace talks we have no authority to speak for our country moss said stiffly we do not mean diplomatic discussions the leady explained there will be no more the working out of daily problems of existence will teach you how to get along in the same world it will not be easy but it will be done the russians halted and they faced each other with raw hostility i am colonel borodov and i regret giving up our guns the senior russian said you could have been the first americans to be killed in almost eight years or the first Americans to kill, Franks corrected. No one would know of it except yourselves, the leady pointed out. It would be useless heroism. Your real concern should be surviving on the surface. We have no food for you, you know. Taylor put his gun in its holster. They've done a neat job of neutralizing us, damn them. I propose we move into a city, start raising crops with the help of some leadys, and generally make ourselves comfortable, drawing his lips tight over his teeth. 
He glared at the A-class leady. Until our families can come up from undersurface, it's going to be pretty lonesome, but we'll have to manage. If I may make a suggestion, said another Russian uneasily, we tried living in a city. It is too empty. It is also too hard to maintain for so few people. We finally settled in the most modern village we could find. Here in this country, a third Russian blurted, we have much to learn from you. The Americans abruptly found themselves laughing. You probably have a thing or two to teach us yourselves, said Taylor generously, though I can't imagine what. The Russian colonel grinned. Would you join us in our village? It would make our work easier and give us company. Your village? snapped Franks. It's American, isn't it? It's ours. The leady stepped between them. When our plans are completed, the term will be interchangeable. Ours will eventually mean mankind's. It pointed at the aircraft, which was warming up. The ship is waiting. Will you join each other in making a new home? The Russians waited, while the Americans made up their minds. I see what the leadys meant about diplomacy becoming outmoded, Frank said at last. People who work together don't need diplomats. They solve their problems on the operational level instead of at a conference table. The leady led them toward the ship. It is the goal of history, unifying the world, from family to tribe to city-state to nation to hemisphere. The direction has been toward unification. Now the hemispheres will be joined and— Taylor stopped listening and glanced back at the location of the tube. Mary was undersurface there. He hated to leave her, even though he couldn't see her again until the tube was unsealed. But then he shrugged and followed the others. If this tiny amalgam of former enemies was a good example, it wouldn't be too long before he and Mary and the rest of humanity would be living on the surface like rational human beings, instead of blindly hating moles. It has taken thousands of generations to achieve, the A-class leady concluded, hundreds of centuries of bloodshed and destruction. But each war was a step toward uniting mankind, and now the end is in sight, a world without war. But even that is only the beginning of a new stage of history. The conquest of space, breathed Colonel Borodov. The meaning of life, Moss added. Eliminating hunger and poverty, said Taylor. The leady opened the door of the ship. All that and more, how much more, we cannot foresee it any more than the first men who formed a tribe could foresee this day, but it will be unimaginably great. The door closed, and the ship took off toward their new home. End of Part 4 End of the Defenders by Philip K. Dick Read by Phil Chenevere, Baton Rouge, Louisiana July 2012